Hi, and welcome to Screens in Focus podcast, where we share and connect as we spotlight our favorite shows and movies. I'm Diana, and today we're talking about The Handmaid's Tale Season 5 and Love is Blind Season 3. Jen Trepic is back. She is the host of Salad with a Side of Fries podcast that talks about wellness and weight loss for real life. Hi, Jen. How are you? Hi, I'm good. I'm so excited to talk about all this stuff today. I know. We get to talk about two shows that have been on our minds. So it's going to be amazing. So we're going to talk about The Handmaid's Tale. And we're going to go into episode one, just to start us off and then dig in a little bit to the characters and the relationships and how they evolved. And then we'll touch upon episode 10 and uh, what we saw there. So I'm really excited about that. And then we'll go into Love is Blind. Okay, cool. So At the end of season four, the finale, we saw Nick Blaine and Mark Tuello trade Commander Waterford in exchange for the imprisoned Gilead rebels. And they left him out in the woods and he was hunted by June and the ex-handmaids. And so then in season five, episode one, we see that next morning and we see June covered in blood and the aftermath of her actions and her state of mind. And so June is faced with the consequences of killing Fred Waterford, and Serena learns of his death as Gilead influence expands into Canada. So tell me, I want to know, what did you think of this first episode? What stood out to you? Yeah, well, it's so funny because it was like, you know, she had just killed this guy, but there was this euphoric state to things, you know? And then, of course, she sort of knocked out of that. And I think waiting for the punishment to come and sort of internally grappling with like what she's expecting, and then there's nothing or next to nothing, right? right? I think Mm -hmm. she had to pay like a nominal fine. And it's sort of like, wait, that's it? How can that be it? And so I sort of think – On the one hand, there's this relief, and on the other hand, it's probably got to be like waiting for the other shoe to drop the entire time. Yeah. And then the other thing with Serena, right, it wasn't – remind me, you probably remember this better than I do, but like isn't this when we saw Serena like pregnant and like doing yoga and her like glass cell where she was like imprisoned and then they tell her? It could have been. I, I don't think recall it yeah, either. It might have been. Yeah. I just remember her reaction and all of that, but I, I don't remember if it was the whole – I'm sure it was, right? Yeah. Because we want to see that transition of her – what she thinks her life is like and is going to be. Exactly. And I think it's also interesting how sort of like the U.S. – I also get very confused, admittedly, between like the U.S. government and the Canadian government – uh-huh. And what's happening sometimes and who's where. Um Well, and how and how Truello has as much power as he does. Right. I just find that very interesting because could they he just, works for the US government. Exactly. So right. couldn't they just pull the rug out <laughs> underneath them and say, you know, no, you have no more power, you have no more say. I, I don't know, but I, I know they're trying to keep the peace, I guess, but what for? <laughs> because <laughs> I don't know. It's all very interesting how that works. Yeah, exactly. But I do remember, too, from this beginning episode, um, when Serena 
leaves after like didn't she she had to like go to the morgue. She had to like I don't know if it was like identify yeah. Fred or whatever. And so there was a candlelight vigil. And it's so interesting like how many people there are there who in Canada who are oh. following or interested in Gilead or yeah. the Waterfords or you know like that whole story. Right. I don't that know. Is. It's kind of reminiscent of our world, right? The whole season was like so on the nose, you know. It was like I know. I know. That's and that's why it's kind of scary because you see what's happening here and you think, "Oh gosh, could because when you first watch it, you think, "Oh, this could never happen. This yes. could never happen." But you see these similarities in thinking and it's scary. It's scary to think, right? Because you think, oh, that could never happen. But then you're like, oh my God, it could happen because right. you have these people follow certain ideas and people and well, leaders. And it's more that they believe that you need to believe what they do, yeah. right? And And forcing people into these roles in whether it's in a specific home or in a society, and then what it takes to um, create that and maintain that, you know, like it's – Yeah. I mean, we see it all. Granted, this is fictitious, but it's not as far off as it was or it seemed when I read the book when I was in high school. Yeah. You know, granted, we're so far beyond the book, but it's a little eerie. <laughs> it is. It's very eerie. Yeah. It's crazy. And then – in all, I mean, maybe I'm jumping ahead, but I think even in what happens with Serena and sort of this like role reversal between her and June this whole season. I loved seeing that. Yeah. I thought that that was, I, that's what the whole season is about. Yep. That I love. So yeah, we're going to get into that a little okay. bit further, but um, I want to say in this episode, it was so interesting to see June on this adrenaline high after what she has done. and. Luke and Moira having these concerns about her, but I think also she has her concerns herself, right? Because she's not sure what she's capable of after doing this because she feels so, like I said, on this high, it's like the look, she's got this crazed look in her, her face. And so you're like, Oh my God, what are you going to do next? And Moira is concerned for the baby, yeah. you know, and they're them being citizens here in Canada. And Luke is also concerned about the same thing. And also, I think he's trying to figure out their relationship because they were having a kind of a rocky road yeah. in season four. And I loved seeing in season five, there's a lot of their relationship and, you know, how it's progressing and evolving. So I was really, um, as again, we'll get into a little bit of that too. And it was interesting to see Serena when she learns of her husband's demise and how she learns about it. And that, you know, it was so important to June for Serena to know that she was the one, you know, leading this and, you know, to send that finger. Yeah. In with the ring on it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So, and that she, that June is not going to face any charges. I mean, that, I mean, I, of course, we're all thrilled, right? We're like, yeah, she doesn't deserve to after she's already been in hell. 
<laughs> she's already right. been in prison. It's like she doesn't need any more. This is backwards. She's already served her sentence. Well, and it's so interesting too. Like I just put it together in my head as you were saying, like with the finger and the fact that like June needed Serena to know. It was like this symbolism or whatever symbol of like June is not powerless. No matter what you've done to her, what you think yeah. about her, you know. Yeah. Who is actually powerless in this whole situation? Yeah. You know. Absolutely. Yeah. Whew. Okay. And then, of course, June is still fighting to get Hannah. Uh, that is also underlying in all of this, all of these seasons, and it's still there. So let's talk about the characters, the relationships, and how they evolve through the season. Okay. And we do see June and Serena seem to be playing this cat and mouse. And so what moment stood out to you about them? I mean, it was the whole, I feel like overall, like the key thing to me, whether it was when June in these moments has the opportunity to do something to Serena and doesn't, or -hmm. then in other moments, Serena has the opportunity to do something to June and doesn't. Right. That there is a piece of them that sees the humanity in the other. And they each need each other in different ways. Like, well, maybe this season Serena needed June more. But like, you know, in all these – like when Serena ended up shooting the guard guy instead yeah. of June – yeah. And then the two of them escape because Serena's about to have this baby. Mm-hmm. And June is like the midwife, <laughs> right? Like teaching yeah. her how to have a baby. And all of these things, it's so interesting to me because it's like the role reversal, the irony of it, the, you know, survival instinct, but also the fact that like in Gilead, Serena was like on this pedestal and June was, you know, the low person on the totem pole. Right. And yet, outside of that environment, who actually has the skills to survive? It's not Mm -hmm. the one who is on the pedestal. Yeah. You know, and it's all of a sudden Serena needs everything that June knows. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I mean, that in the hospital, when she ends up in the house with this other family and June's basically teaching her how to be a handmaid, it was like, oh, it was – I don't even know what the word is, but I loved it in the moment and everything yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. I Oh, my gosh. I love all those moments too. It was really interesting – in the first couple of episodes with Serena, she thought she had the upper hand, right? Yep. She thought she's still in control. And she goes to back to Gilead because she wants her husband to have the proper funeral because she says he was really important. And she gets it, which is kind of surprising. And it becomes this huge event. You have all these people marching together and yeah, it was huge. It felt like some royal wedding, I guess. Totally. Funeral. Yeah. And and we see all of this, and it's interesting because at that point, Serena knows what to do to enrage June because yeah. she's like, "Oh, you just killed my husband. I'm going to get back at you. I'm going to show you." And she's having this funeral, and they also show how. Um, June and Luke, they go to a ballet, they're enjoying their 
time together. You finally see the first time that they seem to cut loose a little bit and feel a little bit relaxed, a little bit comfortable with each other and their environment. June is wearing all white. Serena's wearing all black. They go out and they see that screen and they can see that this is televised and their faces. Oh my gosh. It was such a good shot. And what do you see? But Serena, she has incorporated Hannah into this whole funeral Mm -hmm. and touches her, kisses her, does something with her, acknowledges her in some way, just, you know, she's like, I got to put this in there and it's going to be televised and June's going to see it. And that's exactly what happens. And June's face is like, oh my God, I'm going to kill you. Right. Cause that's her, yep. that's her next step. So I, I just love this whole season. I just love how they do that. And I loved seeing these women because you're right. They are both tested and Thank goodness for both of them, their humanity always wins out Mm -hmm. in each situation that they're in. Oh, and then Serena, I'm sorry, back to that point, but Serena gives that little slight half grin that she does. Oh my God, it's so like evil. I'm Uh like, oh my God, you're so bad. (laughs) But then they send Serena back to Canada. And uh, that's when everything starts to spiral for her in a downward motion. And so, and then you were talking about how at the gunpoint um, between them, that was a really, um, I knew that was going to happen, right? Right. Didn't you think that was going to happen? But even she's not going to, like, to your point of, um, you know, when Gilead sends Serena back to Canada, it's like, you are now not the picture perfect situation we have no use for you anymore. You hurt this mission Mm -hmm. and now you need to go over there, you know, which is also a hard pill to swallow for somebody who thinks they are the, you know, epitome of Gilead. Yeah. You know, how quickly things change. Exactly. Because you don't know you and you have no control. She keeps losing more and more of her control. Yeah. And I think, you had mentioned about uh, June being the midwife and yeah. taking care of her. And, you know, she keeps going back and forth because she's going to get in the car and she's going to leave. And then she doesn't. She comes back because she's just – she's thinking of the baby, actually, at the moment, right? This right. baby deserves a chance. And I really think that that birth scene was a pivotal moment for the both of them. Mm-hmm. And um, I had heard them say that Um, And I didn't notice it the first time, but I had heard them say that that moment, um, the actress who plays Serena said that she really wanted them to connect physically. And so you see June holding her as she's, you know, bearing down, pushing the baby out. And so I thought, wow, I didn't realize that they were actually like sort of not embracing, but really... um, touching each other, you know, really, yeah. um, I guess, embracing each other in a way as she's giving birth. So I don't know. And then actually, if you think about it, seeing a baby being born, that's huge. So I'm sure June was impacted. Oh, here's a baby. And then, of course, Serena's like, okay, now take my baby and run because I don't want this baby to, I want the baby to have the best chance that it does have. And then that is when June says, no, the baby needs its mother. That's what's important. And she's trying to let her know, see, just like I needed my babies, the baby needs you and you need your baby. So I just thought that that was a 
just a really bonding moment for them. And then, of course, we see when Luke and everybody is back at the hospital because they finally get back to Canada. And then Luke wants June to see that they're taking her baby away. And and now that Serena's like, okay, I'm going to be the mom. And they're like, oh, my God, they're taking my baby, which is exactly what June felt. And that's what Luke wanted for June. But I don't know how June was feeling at that moment because of what she had been through and had just told Serena. Right. I felt like June was so mad at Luke for calling the police. And, bring, you know, like – I felt like June brought Serena to the hospital as like a safe place and like the way for her to stay with her baby. Yeah. And Luke messed that up. It was hard to tell from her her expression, to be honest. Yeah. Because at first I think she was like, no, no, no. But then she kind of gives this face like I wasn't sure how she was feeling. I'm like, wait, are you – I don't know. I I had – maybe she had mixed emotions. Probably. Maybe that's why I had them too. Because I think you're right. It was mixed emotion. She was trying to help right. her and then this happens. Yeah. So, okay. So as you talk about that, let's talk about June's relationships with Nick or Luke. What what did you see there or what was important to you? It's so interesting. I'm like, I go back and forth on her and Luke, right? And I think that's partly their intention. And I can appreciate that Luke has a hard time understanding June because he didn't go through what she went through. Yeah. And so I think there's so many mixed emotions there. So I sort of feel that tension and that confusion in that relationship. And then I love her and Nick. I don't know why I love Nick so much. I just feel like, (laughs) you know, We'll probably get to this, but I wanted it to be him at the end on the train. You know, like, I don't know. There's something so real there that it's like, no matter, it's almost, again, it's like we're juxtaposed between these two relationships because Luke not knowing what happened there, it pulls them apart and they're trying to like, you know, put this life back together And it's almost like because Nick was there and Nick knows, you know, and they survived this thing together, it almost doesn't matter what happened since then because that was so defining. I have mixed feelings, too. I get it. I I do. It's so hard because I feel her chemistry, of course, with Nick. It's very passionate between them. And I think I may have mentioned this the last time we talked in last season, but is it passionate though because they can't be together or is it passionate just because that's the type of relationship they have? I'm not really sure. Or because like you said, they have shared this whole experience together and that brings you together. But I was really happy though to see her and Luke Yes. sort of flourish in this season. I really do yes. because I was feeling a distance from him. I was feeling a disconnect between them. But now that I see Luke in a different light, I really like him a lot. And I really do like him for her. And I feel like they have a chemistry now. I yes. I was feeling it for them. And I liked that he was joining her on these crusades this season, for lack of a better Mm -hmm. term. Like all the other seasons, she's doing it alone. Yeah. 
And this time he was in it with her. Yes. Yes. Also, I may have mentioned this last season too, but he loves the baby. Yes. And the baby's not his. I know. But he loves that baby. So to me, that is a, a really big sign of a person to me. It, yeah. it just is. And so it makes me, you know, and just like Nick is looking out for Hannah and that's not his baby either. Of course, it is June's. But so I just like that these men are taking care of other yes. children. Um, Wait, on a separate note, did yeah, you yeah. watch... Uh, what was the show? The First Ladies show first, the one with all the with Michelle Obama and Nancy. I didn't. Okay, so the guy, the actor who plays Luke, plays Barack Obama in that show. Oh, so there were a few times this season where I was like, "Oh, that was the Obama voice." I was like, so like <laughs> <laughs> there were a few you know, times this season where I was like, "Ooh." <laughs> Do you know that both of them have accents? They're, I think they're, I don't know if they're British or not, both Nick and Luke. I had no idea. I, I, I don't know if I were, knew that. I thought that Luke was American and I, I know he's not. They both have accents. I saw them on something else. I'm like, oh, they both have accents. So talented. American. <laughs> I know, right? I love that. Oh, but with between Luke and June, and I, it was in episode four. And June was about to pull that gun, but she holds back and yes. then they get in the car and they and they have the conversation and she says, you know, you stop me this time or whatever it was, but you may not be able to stop me next time. I don't know. But she was being so honest with him and he was really feeling her and supporting her. And I'm pretty sure that was the night they went home and they had, or right then and they had sex. I think so, so too. Yeah. Yeah. So I just... I felt that connection between them and I appreciated seeing them. And just like you said, it's like he's participating in these crusades with her. And then they get to the part where they do want to look for Hannah. And he says, I'm going to go look for her. And June looks at him and she's all, yeah, I'm going to. And so then they go on that expedition yeah. of looking for Hannah and they're at the bowling alley and then they escape that. But then also throughout this whole season. It's like we see them together. We see them apart. We see them together. We see them apart. It's like something keeps taking them away from each other. It's, know. you know, just like in season one when they were pulled apart. So I just want them to be together. But then right. of course, yeah, like you said, you want her to be with Nick too. I know. It's just so hard. It's so hard. I don't know what where she'll end up or how you know, this will happen. Maybe one of them will end up dying. I hate saying oh, that, God. but <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's just, I don't know what's going to happen. You just don't know because who knows what's going to happen now. So let's get into Gilead's influence in Canada. Do you have any thoughts yeah. about that? It's so confusing to me. Like, and then again, it's so much like modern day because you have these people who are living in this other country who are sort of adopting or trying to live by those same principles, right? But not living in that world, like trying to do that within or under, you know, typical Canadian law and life. And then it was also so interesting, even with between the US and Canada and people being so upset, like the Canadians being so upset that 
all these refugees are there. You know, it's like all these things that were so on the nose of the current moment. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's, it highlighted, I think, how complex it is. And even looking at Tuello and we never really see much of the Canadian government these days. No, you're but right. The, but the challenge of even what Tuello can do and what he can't do is also an interesting element of understanding what happens between countries, theoretically. But the other side of it is like, Gilead is not, it's operating like its own country, but I don't think it actually is its own country. And so there's a piece of that that's still sort of lingering from a couple seasons ago mm -hmm. that I'm like, I don't understand. How can this actually happen? Yeah. Maybe my brain doesn't want to believe that it's true. And so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so funny. There are some parallels to what's happening on The Walking Dead. <laughs> I, I, As we're talking about it, it just reminds me a little bit of it because there's this community of thousands of, I can't remember right now, is it 50? No, it's more than that. Anyway, there's just these communities, you know, of taking control over other people. And then you have these rebels who are trying to survive and do what's right. So anyway, just when you were talking, it just reminded me of that. And, and thinking that not everybody agrees with what the power is. Right. Which is what is happening. I don't know. It's so very interesting. And then we had mentioned, you know, Serena going back to Canada. But while she's in Canada, we do see the growing numbers of people that do want to follow her or not just her, but Gilead and their beliefs, which is partially the wheelers who live there. Which is also, there's such a strange thing to me because it's like, it's almost confusing because I think the wheelers put her on a pedestal and yet are treating yeah. her like a handmaid. Yes. And so it's a really odd, I don't know. It's warped because the wheelers, <laughs> the wife, man, she's, uh, totally. I don't know. She's totally, well like Serena yeah. was in a way, right? And so, except for the, Mrs. Wheeler doesn't have any redeeming qualities at all. I mean, with Serena, you would see these tiny little glimpses of it, you know, show up every now and then. But Wheeler is just like, no, she's just taken the power over her. And you see that Serena is feeling oppressed. And of course, little by little, they take her phone away. They don't let her out of the house. They tell her what she can do and not do. You know, she feels like a prisoner. And it's just so interesting and in how she doesn't want to be in the house. And then they, was it June that told her, but your baby's yes. there or so? Yes. Yeah. And, you know, you need to be near your baby and this is what you need to do. So, and it was, there was a line that June said of like, you stay there. And you do the things and you keep your mouth shut. And all the while, you plot your revenge or you plot your escape or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yes, like the perfect line. But it's so interesting, right? Like that's also how you survive is yeah. making these mental plans and knowing, exactly. you know. Yeah, you do. And then she escapes. She's able to yeah. escape. And also we see that the anti-refuge sentiment in Canada is is changing. Of course, they don't want them there. Right. And they all, you know, June and Luke and Moira see it growing too. And mostly it is against June. 
but which is odd. Well, so I feel like I missed something in like, why is all of this anti-refugee sentiment geared directly toward her? I think it must probably be the Gilead people, right? I think probably all of Canada doesn't want U.S. people there. But I think that the people that are right. causing the most disruption happen to be Gilead followers. That's just my guess as to what it is. Or they're told to do certain things by Lawrence, maybe. I don't know, which we're going to get into him in a, yeah. a few minutes, or we could talk about him now, actually. I don't know. But yeah, I have such mixed feelings about him. I thought, wait, didn't you help June escape and help these Kids get out. I I am so confused on you. It's I know like, you started this, and then also that Bethlehem thing. But right. then, did you send these attacks on June? I think. See, I think he didn't send them, but he also didn't stop them. Yeah, like I think other commanders, like that other guy, I don't yeah. know his name. That one that's always right in the background, right? Who I want to slap. <laughs> I don't know exactly. his name. I don't know his but name. But I think some of these other commanders are doing things, and in an effort to not be so obvious, mm -hmm. Lawrence mm -hmm. has to let them continue on with those things. He can't stop everything. True. I know, because he's trying his darndest, but then he does get mad when when uh, June or the you know the United States sends in those helicopters, or is it helicopters yeah. or whatever it is, the troops to go try and get Hannah. He does get pissed about that so hmm. i'm like hmm, i don't know about you which is good right we love when we can't really figure people out we exactly. love it when and i think maybe that's why we like nick too because nick sometimes has these moments of yeah i'm not leaving here like i might agree with you but i'm also not leaving the world yeah. where i feel safe i don't know because okay again i'm jumping ahead i'm jumping into episode 10 so we're Fine, gonna kind let's of just do it <laughs> We're going to go into episode 10, which is safe. And we see so many life-changing events happen with all of our characters. June and Luke decide it's time to get out of Dodge. Nick makes a stance that affects all of his relationships. Serena's on the run. Lawrence, Truello, Aunt Lydia, Janine all come to a realization that changes their trajectories. And I do want to say... When I watched the episode, I didn't even know it was the um, season finale. I just watched it. I thought it was, I know, I just thought it was this great episode. Wait, and then you didn't realize day, it was the season finale. Oh, I thought oh. it was the series finale. And I was like, this is how they're leaving the whole thing? <laughs> oh my I was gosh. Like, what? <laughs> So funny. So, so then I had to replay it in my brain. I'm like, oh my god, because I thought it was a great episode. I'm like, it this was. is so good. But I thought I was going to get another one, and I didn't. But I would have been, oh my gosh, if I was at least I knew there or I thought there was going to be more, which there are going to be more. But if I was you, I would have been like mad. I would have been like, no, you can't end like this. What's Literally, that was my thought. I didn't realize until yesterday. That there oh, was going gosh. to be a season six. Good. I'm so glad that there – I'm glad you're confirming that. I just yes. assumed. But I do want to say the whole running over thing, I oh. actually thought it was a dream because I couldn't believe it was happening. Like it when her so eyes opened up when she was underneath the, the truck, I thought, oh, she's waking up from a dream and thinking that – 
this happened? And they're like, no, it's all back and trying to back up over her again. I'm like, oh my God, this is, and then seeing her arm ran like, I literally cringed and like my whole body, like, yeah, crumbled in pain watching it. Like, even thinking about it now, my whole body is responding. Like, it was brutal. Brutal. A hundred percent. It was. It was really. And you know, it was also a beautiful episode. And there were so many moments in there that were just because I watched it again and it was just the lighting, yeah. how they did it. I loved how they had June look at the street. Okay, side note. What was she doing in the street when her sidewalk was right there? And why did Truello park his car way over on the side when there was parking in front of her house? So I'm like, this. I said the same thing. There were so many things that were very weird. And then, okay, when the, remember the episode before ended where there was like the vigil and then there were shots fired at the vigil. Yeah. And uh-huh. June sort of protects this little girl. Right. Then the next episode opens and there's, She's doing whatever. Is it gardening? Is she? Did she bury yeah. that little girl in her backyard? I was like, "What is happening?" <laughs> it did look like a a, a plot size, yeah, a plot, a right? plot, yeah. It was like a plot size garden shaped situation, and I was like, "What?" So also, my head was trying to figure that out. And she's then walking randomly in the middle of the street. And then the truck, and then I couldn't decide if I would have rather known the person who was driving the truck, like if we had seen that person before, Mm. you know, or does it say more that it was an unknown quantity? I don't know. I like it like that. Yeah, I like that it was somebody we didn't know. I don't know, but uh, I didn't know it was Luke. That was at first, I just thought it was a neighbor running out to defend her or whatever it was, but then you see it was Luke. And saving her, which was, I'm so glad he, he was there and it was home and it was close to her house. And, but Elizabeth Moss directed this episode, yes. which was very cool. And I know she's directed before, but I just thought it was so good. And, uh, you know, on the train at the end, you know, seeing those two mothers survive with their babies, I just thought it was a really cool episode. I don't know. What else did you think about this episode? So it was funny. Like I liked the whole episode. I thought they did a phenomenal job. You know, there were a few things that really struck me. So I said this before. I wanted it to be Nick somewhere on the train. You know, I didn't want her to be alone again. I didn't, you know, something about Nick and their baby. And, you know, then it was Serena and like I was happy and frustrated at the same time. (laughs) You know, it also struck me a little bit. Remember when we talked about This Is Us and the end Mm -hmm. of that show was yeah. on this train. Ah, uh, I was like, yes. that's interesting. But yeah. the other thing, I sort of struggled with, and again, here's where I'm sort of confused between the US government and the Canadian government, right? But like, so Nick beats up the guy who runs over her with the car. The guy happens to die. Right. And now Nick has all of these consequences. Like the whole country is looking for him. Luke. Luke. Or sorry, yeah, that's what I meant. Luke, Luke, Luke. Right? The whole country is looking for him after Luke beats up the guy driving the truck. Sorry. Right. But going back to the beginning of this season, June murders 
Fred. <laughs> and it's an $88 fine. So there's something very confusing to me. Well, I guess, I, yes, you're right. You're absolutely right. Because, but Fred was not a Canadian citizen. For one. Right. Citizen. He was a United States citizen and he did bad things. So they're like, okay, we don't really care about him. <laughs> right. And so June gets a free pass. And then because this person is a Canadian citizen and Luke is an American citizen, you know, here right. r- running off. But I also do think it's still extreme because this guy was running over his wife. Right. Well, I have to think like next, now that I know there will be a next season. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So we're hoping that will play out in his favor, right? That it'll be, you know, um, he'll have a good lawyer or something. I don't know. Hopefully it won't play out like it did on The Walking Dead because there was a sham of a courtroom thing there that was – just swayed completely one way. Out of curiosity, where is this train heading to? Oh, um, you know, it's so interesting you say that. I thought the same thing. He said west, and originally they were going to go, eventually go to um, Hawaii. I don't right. know why. Why would you want to be getting there on in a train? I know, right? But uh, I don't know exactly. He just said west, and I don't know if they left it vague on purpose or, you know, where – I don't know. Where are they going? Are they coming to California? I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) Who's to say? I don't know where they're going. So, uh, yeah. But but Canada is no longer safe. Did you see all those people? That's a lot of people to be traveling, to be discarded and, you know, just get out of here. But I'm also sort of curious, like, What's going to happen next? Like, are June and Serena going to end up sort of locking arms for survival wherever they get off the train? Or are we going to watch them sort of live these parallel lives in this, both in this new place? But I don't know. I could see it going either way. Yeah, it's hard to say. I don't know. I, I don't know if they're going to lock arms, but. I feel as though they're going to be connected somehow. I It's so hard to say. I think they're going to have to rely on each other because we don't know where they're going to go. I don't think it's going to be easy for either one of them. So they're go- going to have to rely on each other. So I think it'll be the both of them. Yeah. I think it'll be how they survive together Cause, because it'll be really good to see – these two women who have been, I guess, enemies. I, I don't know if that's the right word, if that characterizes them correctly, but, mm-hmm. um, or not, but, and also maybe become, you know, bonded by this new relationship. Yeah. So, because, you know, the biggest change comes with Serena, with her realizing and learning what she has done wrong and, hopefully getting some redemption for that. Right. Maybe saying, I'm sorry to June for everything that I put you through. Because that would be awesome if we get to a point where she apologizes and asks for forgiveness. Well, That's and what then, I would love. And then the two of them could testify or something against Gilead. And then, the, like, because I, I feel like 
you know, the U.S. and Canada need to come after Gilead for like human rights violations or something. And if you have both June and Serena willing to testify, yeah, that would be everything that oh we needed gosh. before and didn't have. Right, right. I think we got ahead of ourselves, but that's okay. I know, sorry. We, we tend to do that. We're like, yeah, we're on a roll. <laughs> so just to, just to finish off this, this part of the episode, I do want to say that when they were getting to the train and June was getting on the train, I really liked that moment between her and Luke. I like that he made her go on the train and then they have that conversation on the phone you know, she says, oh, no, no, no. I, she begs him so bad. You know, no, I need you. I need you. I can't do this again without you. I need you. We need you. I don't want to lose you. I love you. Um, and then she says, you were always going to do this. Oh, man. And then- I have chills as you're saying it right now. Yeah. And then oh. he says, I says, you know, come find me. Come find me. And then he, of course, raises his hand and gets arrested and because he wants to give her that chance to be safe. And I thought, oh, that moment was just, I loved it. I really loved that moment. It's probably one of my favorite moments. And then I actually did like the train scene with her talking to the baby, trying to figure out what she's going to do in her mind. You can see her mm -hmm. basically thinking, trying to just talk to the baby and then hearing a baby cry. And, you know, Serena saw her from afar, turned around, and Serena had... I think was really happy to see her. Like she had this slight smile on her face. And then as they walked toward each other, she's like, hi, June. And she has like the smile on her face. Like she's so ha relieved, happy to see her. And, and, and then, how interesting that she now, Serena now also needs to run even from, you know, like from this new safe space. Right. Exactly. Yeah, because she's not safe anywhere either. She's not safe in the United States. She's not safe, or, or Gilead. And she's not safe in Canada. Same thing with June. Neither one of them is safe in either territory. So it's like, okay, we're on the run together trying to do this. Yeah. So. We shall see. I know. I also liked um, at the moment when June was, before they were on the run, when she started to see, when they found out that Luke was probably going to be arrested and he was going to face whatever he's going to face because the guy had died that was yeah. the truck driver. I liked seeing June realize their situation and seeing how it was basically the same when they were in Boston and recognizing we got out too late then. We're not going to get out too late now. We're going to move now. Because yeah. he, Luke said, well, we'll be okay. We'll do this. She's on. no, 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 no. We waited too long. And mm -hmm. we're not going to get stuck in this. We're going. And I love that. I love that she could sense that and realize that and learn from that experience. And now she's putting it into motion here. So I just thought it was yeah. a really... Really great episode. Is there anybody else that you want to touch upon? We didn't talk about um, Aunt Lydia and Janine. And actually, those were really good moments. So both of them are changing so much. Janine is finally... It's like um, she's growing up, you know? Yeah. And she's... What I love about her and what I think is just perfect is that she's not afraid anymore. Yep. She is like, I am just taking this as it is. I'm going to do it. I'm going to be in it. 
And that's the best way to be. That is the best way. It gives you so much power. She has so much power now that she's not fearful And the way anymore. she acted in, you know, Lawrence's house, right? With now Lawrence marrying what's-her-face. Putnam. Um, or yeah. Um, to say all the right things and do all the right things. And then as soon as Aunt Lydia walks away, she lets her know, <laughs> you know, like, you know, don't yeah. be fooled. Yeah. We're, We're not friends. Right. We've never been friends. <laughs> what makes you think you – I? you know, what you did to me was so evil and – Yeah. Basically, I hate you, so <laughs> don't uh, – Exactly. Don't I think it's it. anything more than that. And even Aunt Lydia, okay, because I've hated Aunt Lydia, but I'm like, okay, she's changing too. I'm not sure how she's changing, but I love that she is taking care of Janine and wants what's best for Janine. And that she, when she thought Janine was going to die because Esther mm-hmm. felt a betrayal because Esther wanted to follow what June had set forth and Janine wasn't following that. And Esther wasn't going to be any part of that. She had been raped yep, and pregnant and said, heck no. I'm going to get rid of us and that gives the poison. And so anyway, they're in the hospital and then Lydia starts praying, praying and saying, I'll change, I'll change, I'll change. Just let, I think that's what she said. And she said, just let her live because she wanted Janine to live. And so yeah. I think she's having, of course, she's still following her religious ways. But, but she's recognizing that there's something missing here and how they're, in air quotes, taking care of these girls. Right, because he she tells Commander Lawrence, right. well, let's not uh assign these women to a house. Let's let them just visit, you know, which actually would take care of them, right? Because then they wouldn't be raped on numerous occasions. Yeah, they would still have to go, you know, serve right. their time there. And then uh, uh Commander Lawrence is all, well, the commanders have their kinks. We got to keep them right. satisfied. I'm like, oh my god, oh god. Oh, Lord. So yeah. yeah. So, anyways, we do see Aunt Lydia making some changes. She was mad. I mean, she was trying to get when they were taking Janine off into that truck, and they she was trying to say, "Where don't you take her? I'm calling Commander Lawrence." Or like this was by Commander Lawrence's uh, request, or and uh, and then they push her down. Like this small woman. And she gets up, but she's like, Mm -hmm. looks like she's ready to do something. I don't know what she's going to do, but she's ready. Yeah. Maybe Aunt Lydia becomes the nanny. And wherever they, wherever June and Serena end up, Ah, Aunt Lydia finds her way there and is the nanny. (laughs) I don't know if I'd want her as a nanny. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. She's still a little crazy, even though. Even though she's helping Janine, and I'm happy for that right now, she's still a little crazy. She's such a good actress. Yes. And Dowd. She's so good. She's so good at what she does. I love her. All right. Did you have any anybody else you wanted to bring up? Or? No. Okay. I'm excited for season six. That's what I'll say. I know. So I, we kind of already gave what we wanted yes. to see in season six, but I'm glad that there's a season six. It as you had read that probably will be the final or yeah. it is the final uh, episode to tie this all up. So I can't wait for it. So what do you hope to see in this, uh, in season six? 
Well, I think, I mean, I feel like we already talked about it, right? Like these lives of Serena and June and what that ends up looking like and Gilead going down for human rights violations and I don't know. Let's see. And I'd like Luke to get off, you know, that yes. it was, you know, justifiable, accidental, whatever. And I'd also like Nick to end up with them too. I know. I know. Ah. Just a fairy yeah. tale ending. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I want. I want a fairy tale ending too, right? And yeah, I want Luke to be able to escape. How unhandmaid's tale. <laughs> yeah. And find them and somehow they get Hannah back and Gilead falls. That would yeah. be, yeah, that would be my hope for all of this too. <gasps> oh, okay, season six, we're ready for you. All right. That wraps up our conversation on The Handmaid's Tale. So now we're going to switch gears and talk about a reality show called Love is Blind Season 3. So Nick and Vanessa Lachey host this social experiment, if you're not familiar with the show. And it's about single uh, men and women who look for love. They date in these pods for 10 days. They get engaged before meeting in person. They spend about four weeks in the real world before heading to the altar and deciding if they will say, I do. And the show, it's very addicting. I do love how things move really quickly in the show. They don't drag it out and keep going over the same old thing. No, no, no. It's You learn within, like, I think the second episode, who's uh, one couple's already proposing and they see each other. And I love that. I'm like, yes, I don't have to wait. This is awesome. So I really do like that. Jen, what do you like about the whole, the the show in general? It's a different take on all of this, right? Like there are so many dating shows that are so similar. And so this really is a different approach. Um, I do like that all of the people are from like a particular city. So when they leave, their lives are all in that city to some degree, you know? Um, So it entertains me. Do I think any of these couples are really going to last? Like even from any of the other seasons? I doubt it, you know? Like I think there's maybe one couple from season one or two that's still together, but – it's entertaining. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is entertaining. I will say there's two couples from season one that are still together. In season two, two got married. There's five couples um, that this basically falls. Yeah. So the first season, two couples got married. Two couples are still together. And then in the second season, I hope I have that right on the first. I know for I sure two like couples are still one, together. I feel like there was got, one got couple that got divorced like during this season from one couple from season one or two that got divorced okay. during yeah. while this was airing. Yeah. Well, I, know. I know for sure two couples in season two were got married are both getting divorced. Oh. So – Season two has no no wins, <laughs> no wins, but season one has two that are still married, and I don't know if anybody else got married in season one. I just know that those two did, and I really love that one couple. That's what made me keep watching it 
Um, I think it's, uh, their names are Cameron and Lauren. They're on their fourth wedding anniversary. They're very cute together. I love seeing their journey. And then Amber and Matthew are the other couple that, and I thought they were an unlikely couple. I did not think they were going to make it. And that couple is, I I guess, on their fourth anniversary too. I mean, this season, I felt like I found some of the people painful. Mm -hmm. Like, they all sort of started to grow on me in the end, but it was very weird. Like, yes, it moved quickly, but then there were times where I was watching an episode that was like, this is dragging. I don't know why, you know? Well, one of the couples for me that was actually one of the couples that got married, which was Alexa and Brennan. Yes. They didn't really have very many conflicts. Well, and I'm not saying I want to see conflicts, but at the same time, it was, I didn't want to see their story as much. <laughs> I'm happy for them. I'm happy for them. I think they're, they're a great couple. I think the guy, Brennan, oh man, he is like a gentleman yes. and he adores her. And I love that about them. I think he's a great guy. Even on the reunion, we saw what a gentleman he is. Yes. And, and I give him a I, lot of credit for not being intimidated by her dad. Yes. All of these other things. And I give her a exactly. lot of credit for jumping into yeah. his family so graciously and genuinely mm-hmm. just wanting to know them and be a part of their family and enjoy what they do. And, you know, I thought yeah. it was sweet. Yeah. But yeah, they had the less, the least amount of friction. It was like, yeah. okay, okay, they're nice. Let's get to the next people. Right. <laughs> I kept thinking to myself, all right, so who who else do you want to talk about? Should we talk about Raven and okay. SK? All right. So all right, in the pods, just- Raven was awful. Like, yeah. can you stop working out while this person on the other side of the wall is pouring their heart out to you? I thought the same thing. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she's she's was, like exercising oh. and he's telling you about this really emotional part of his life. And he's like waving. He's all, are you exercising? Because <laughs> he can right. hear her. And she's just all looking at her arm or whatever it was. Her she stomach, was painful her to me. Yeah, I will I- say. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Go ahead. She was better when they got out. Yes, totally. I thought the way she embraced his culture and figured out a way to, you know, no pun intended, but marry her culture with his culture to create a wedding day. And I thought it was so sweet. And her relationship with his mother, like, warmed my heart, you know, like, yeah, I, she... Yeah. They grew on me. Yeah, they did too. I I agree. I didn't like her at first. Uh, She grew on me. I changed my mind how I felt about her. I thought she was going to base things on looks. I really did. Me too. And she's such a pretty girl. Uh, But I thought she was a bit shallow because she wasn't listening. But then she did change and she really appreciated him for who he was. I like that. She wasn't even going to entertain Bartiste because that was her other, the other yep. person she was interested in. But I love that she's like, you're going to talk to me now that you can see me physically because it wasn't working with us in the pods. It's not going to work with us now. So I really, yeah, she just went up a couple notches after hearing her say that. And just the way she talked on the reunion to the other yes. 
um, women and being so supportive and also how she handled because they do go to the altar. And of course we have already given spoilers here, but I know, uh, she does say that she does want to marry SK and SK is the one that says he doesn't. And I was really, really surprised, but I did think with him going to California for his, um, school graduate degree yeah. yeah was going to be an issue how can you go and she doesn't want to come with you so i thought she was going to be the one to say no i thought she and her friends were well, but not i for think she wants to be taken care of right so this was also sort of a little bit of my beef with her but you know i felt like she made a comment to him of like you might be going to california but you should be paying for our home here that i'm living in even I though know. you're in california i was like girl please like, you better just yeah. stop talking. Yeah. So I, I feel yeah. like she just wanted to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. But she was but, willing to go. Yeah. And then the, her family, the family kept saying, oh, as a mo- as a wife, you need to, uh-huh. you know, make sure he's fed and taken care of and all this. She's just like, I don't cook. <laughs> I don't know if she does, but, it, I, but thought I got they that were, impression. Right. But I thought they were so cute. You know, I give her credit for then saying to him, oh, they were saying all these things. And she was like, do you uh-huh. want that? You know, and he was like, uh-huh. oh, this is what, you know, or whatever. Like, the way she handled that with him, I thought was good. Yeah. And I love that at the reunion, it was announced that they are yes. rekindling yeah. their relationship, right? Because – Yep. Really, uh, to be stand up there at that altar and say no, because people don't really know what's going to be said. You have all your family, your friends, people come, they're invested in, of course, you, and they're there. And then one person says maybe no. Holy crap. That's really humiliating and embarrassing and emotional. So the fact that they can reconnect again that's i'm happy for them i'm happy that they're revisiting that relationship okay so let's talk about nancy and bartiste because oh man i don't know what do you think about them (laughs) bartiste is a child yeah he's just and he is 20 was he 25 or 26 and she's 31 which is not that crazy of an age difference but he is a child yeah, that what's interesting is that he is very charismatic when he talks. Yeah. And you know, that's why she, Nancy was taken by him, that's why um Raven was taken by him. And I give her credit for not entertaining any continuation of her relationship. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, how could she because at the reunion she says the next day she saw him with this blonde woman, but she could have been blinded by love if she really did care about him. But her family, holy oh crap. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but I will say, I do think <sighs> while they were the four weeks when they're back home in yeah. air quotes and living in the same apartment, they talked about some things that I think yes. people never talk about. And I give them a lot of credit for that. And each having different opinions and listening to each other and sort of understanding where the other one is coming from. Why they brought his family into that conversation is weird, but whatever. Yeah. I, and I loved 
Nancy's stance on what she said. Yes. I loved how she could articulate how she felt yes. and her thoughts. I loved seeing that. Even him. Okay. Yeah. He just him being able to say how he felt. I loved their relate, their relationship with those subjects. Like I found yes. their conversations very interesting and I wanted to hear what they each had to, had yes. to say. And so. I just thought he was painfully honest when it came to rave talking about Raven. Mm -hmm. You don't talk that way in front of a woman that. But to you, me, that's the immaturity piece of it. Yes, that you're dating or that you love. Yeah, not caring enough to have some boundaries. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. That was that was an interesting relationship. So, yeah. okay, so let's get to Colleen and Matt. Ugh. Now, Sorry. I <laughs> oh, that says a lot. I'm very curious to hear what you have to say. But I would, I'm going to say when they were together, the the second episode there, I think they were one of the first people that decided to see get married and see yeah. each other. And because I didn't care for her originally, she would seem very shallow, like no one could get in. Also a child. Yeah, they couldn't get into her, you know, I think was it Bartiste or somebody else who somebody else was dating her at one point. And they were trying to get questions out of her, like, let's dig a little deeper. And she saw, oh, that's not, oh, no, it was Cole. It was Cole. And he, yeah. she says, oh, I don't want to talk about that. That's not how I. Right. She's like, I don't talk about, about relationships. Things. I'm like, right. what? She, that's the thing. She's also such a child. Yeah. I like, that's what you do. You, you talk about these things to figure out if you can, if be you with mesh with person. each other. Right. Yeah. Be with this person. But when they first saw each other and the way that they looked at each other and were so happy yeah. with each other, I, I cried. I actually cried wow. tears. Yes. Okay. I'm like, they she love just each annoyed other. me the whole time. Just felt so childish. And like, you know, their date, their final date before the weddings in like the shark tank, you know, when they were at the aquarium. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. And he's like, say it, say it, say it. And it was like, yeah. okay, can you guys just like, be, if you can't even have this conversation, like, this isn't going to work. But they mm -hmm. did. Yeah. I they they are getting a lot of heat and I feel bad for them cuz people in the public are so critical. Yes. And they're getting heat because they feel like he's like explosive and hovering over her but okay they're only sh this is edited people for one, right. right? We're only seeing what we see. And I like that she came back and told him how she was feeling about those moments. She's all, you keep running. You keep just like kind of exploding yes. and running. You can't do this. I need to know you're going to be there. So it's also a learning I, thing. You yeah. Know? And you I thought to too at the, um, each other. at the reunion, the way he sort of talked about how hardworking she is and everything she does, like I saw more at the reunion from them that made me feel better about their for whatever my two cents Relationships. are Relationships. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about that part. So that's so true. Uh, but she said also at the reunion, because then people were giving them heat about like, oh, he was hovering over her. He wasn't letting her talk. She looked like she's upset. Is she okay? 
And then she came out and said, look, there's a lot of negativity that was said to me. And I was just hearing about it right before I went on to this show. And so I was, you may have seen that on my face, right? Yeah. But we are living our lives. We're happy together. We love each other. So I mean, hopefully that's all true. And I, it, you know, I'm taking for their relationship as they tell us, um, because that's all we can really do. And we'll see where they go. The only interesting thing was that they weren't living together yet because they're trying to end their leases and not have to double pay things. So we'll see. We'll see where they end up and, and go. But, um, I at least, at least their family seemed to be yes. okay on yes. board. And that's a big thing. It really is. If you have your family backing you, right, then that is a step in the right direction. So. Yeah. Okay. So then let's talk about Zeneb and Cole. Oh, man. I, uh, you go because I don't, I don't know. Okay. We, we need more time than we have to get into Zeneb and Cole. I have so many mixed feelings and so many yeah, mixed, mixed thoughts. I do too. There were times where I felt Cole was such a child and mm-hmm. other times where I thought Zeneb was out of control. Yes. Absolutely. I totally agree. And there were moments where I loved their dynamic and moments where I wanted to like push both of them in a closet and close the door. Yes. (laughs) Like, yes. You know, I can appreciate how insecure she felt Mm -hmm. given this one conversation with Cole and Colleen. Yeah. But after that point, I felt like Cole did nothing but reassure her mm-hmm. of his attraction to her. And she was, she then had this bug in her head. And no matter yeah. what he said, she was going to interpret it in not the way that he intended it. I so agree, Jen. I'm so glad that you voiced it that way because I don't know. I kept thinking, am I thinking something wrong? No. This whole am cuties. I- and, and also in the work that I do, I do a lot with eating disorders, disordered behavior, food issues. Like I get this world. Yeah. You know? But I I thought the same. But then I thought, are they editing it so it does – maybe he's – because at first, he was a jerk. You were a jerk, but you admitted you were a jerk. And then as he looked at her, as he danced with her, as he did these things with her, as he said, no, I'm, you look so good in this outfit, meaning phys- – right. I mean, not physically. Yeah, physically, but not like her body image, right. just, you know – that he was trying to reassure her, I do love you, and I love the way right. you look. And then it That's didn't matter. I mean, it was do. like it didn't. And then she was like nagging at him. I'm Ugh. like, oh my god. And the problem is, she doesn't see her nagging at all. Yes. Like she said, oh yeah, you put that clip together, it doesn't look good. I can see that, but you are treating him like a child, and yes. you can't treat a partner like a child. That's not going right. to – not that way, not telling right. them everything that they do, how to do it. That's not going to work. So I felt bad at the altar when when she said everything she did because I do feel like it was um, planned mm-hmm. in a way, and I do feel like it. he was blindsided. I agree. Because- I don't understand why that was the first time she's saying these things to him. Yeah. 
right? I can appreciate that it might take some time to gather your thoughts and gather your courage to say to the person, those comments make me feel this way. Yeah. But if you're working on gathering your thoughts and the courage to say them, then the appropriate moment is not in front of every person on their wedding day. That was absolutely cruel. Yeah. I thought it was too, especially in front of his family and loved ones. If you care about this person, yes, you should always stand up for yourself and always say what you need to. But it didn't need to happen in front of everyone. She could have done that before. And I just, I didn't like how that played out at all. I didn't either. And I, yeah, I'm like I said, I'm glad that you. Um, and I'm glad they played yours. that cuties yeah. footage, right? Yes. The, okay. So I felt like his comment of like, oh, are you trying to get like, you know, wedding dress ready or whatever? I thought he's trying to understand why she's hyper aware. Like he was genuinely yes. confused. Yes. And thought, oh, people do that. Maybe that's what you're doing. Not saying, yes, you need to do this. Well, and I read an article that took what they said, but they only put like two lines. And again, it made him look like he was commenting like, oh, you shouldn't eat that. But if you look at the whole footage, he even says, you only ate a banana. I offered you a poke bowl. So why would he say that? And why would he offer her food if he didn't want her to eat it? Right? So that is not... I feel like they're trying to convey a certain thing and put out only what makes it sound bad. But to me, looking at that footage, there was nothing wrong with their conversation. I didn't think there was anything wrong with their conversation. I didn't love that he asked her, are you bipolar? That was inappropriate. But I also think think he was trying to crack a joke to lighten the mood, maybe. I don't know. But that's also not a joke. But like – He's also 12, too. So, like, I don't know. I, I mean. <laughs> 12, I you know, love it. Yeah, like, exactly. Not really, but kind of. You yeah. know. Yeah. But all and of I it, think, I just. Yes. And I do think that he knows what he. Because I hate it when people go on there and they're just like, don't think that anything they did was wrong. Which is her in a way. Yes. But with him, I do feel like he is taking this and trying to learn from it. And I hope he does. I agree. I hope I he does. I felt him. like at the reunion, he had really owned his stuff and was so still genuinely hurt at how she handled it. And I don't blame him for a second. Yeah. Oh, man. Did you see Lizzo? She has TikToks about um, this. No. What'd she do? I keep thinking I want to do a cuties thing. She wanted to – she started to do a cuties, but then she said, I can't do it right now because it's controversial. And so she's waiting. So I was really curious to see what she was going to do. But The funniest um, thing about it is that I rem- in my old Weight Watchers days a million years ago, I feel like the serving of those things was three. <laughs> hers were the ones she had were bigger like cuties are tiny yeah. they're yeah. like the tiniest thing i'm sorry cuties aren't gonna do keep and you please over, don't even over get me all. started yeah. but but anyway um, yeah so. i do love this show i am curious this is my question in the contracts that they have to sign yeah like for zenith and cole for example if she knew that she was going to say that, 
can you have this conversation before standing up there? Like in their contracts, do they have to wait until that? Mm. Like, do we have to have an altar scene? Like, do you not get paid if you don't? I think so. Yeah, right. I think so because uh you know, maybe Nancy and Bertiste wouldn't have happened that way either. I don't know. Right. I thought something was going to get physical there with Me the brother. Too, the brother. He was like pissed. He was so mad. Which whoa. part of it I loved and part of it was like, whoa. Yes, like, I agree. I I thought the same thing. I'm like, oh, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Please back down, but then I was like, ah, but then afterwards, I'm like, oh, okay, I could see it. You know, it's her sister. He's very protective of her. Exactly. Oh, my goodness. Ah, Okay. Good show. Season three. We'll see. We'll see what happens if there's a season four. Oh, man. Well, Jen, thank you. Thank you for joining me and talking about these two shows that we love to watch. Thanks for having me. I will talk about any show we watch with you anytime, always. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Oh, of course. I love having you. Do you want to tell people where they can find you? Yeah. Uh, My podcast, wherever you're listening now, my podcast is Salad with a Side of Fries. And all social media, I am Jen Trepek, J-E-N-N-T-R-E-P-E-C-K. Awesome. And I'll have that in our show notes. Please be sure to look up Jen Trepek and Salad with a Side of Fries podcast. All right. That's our show. Thanks for tuning in. We are grateful you tuned in and we hope something that we said today resonated with you, gave you a chuckle, some happiness, some positivity or inspiration. Please subscribe to our website, screensinfocus.com and tell a friend. We would love more members of our TV club. You can find our website listed in our show notes. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.